Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today's episode is a very unique one, actually. This is a strategic advisory. So this is a mini training that I do every single Monday morning for our directors in our circle and our owners HQ members inside of our membership. And every Monday, we have strategic advisory where I do a training on a specific topic that is timely, relevant, mainly specific on mindset work or how to continue to elevate and coach your leadership team and your staff. And so what we noticed in some of the conversations inside of the group was people were really struggling with how to prioritize mental well-being during busy seasons, during seasons of high stress or high enrollment or intense hiring seasons. And so in this episode, I really break down how to very simply prioritize mental well-being why we have these resurgences of stress and anxiety and how to navigate through it, right? The goal in life is not to eliminate stress. It's to learn how to sit with the discomfort, how to create more tolerance for it, and how to invite the simple pleasures in life. So today's episode is sponsored by the Directors in Our Circle and Owners HQ, which are the Schools of Excellence flagship programs for directors, owners, and executive leaders. If you're interested in coaching and training, and specifically a community of leaders who can stand beside you and help you up-level your journey as a leader, click the link in the show notes to apply. And right now, let's dive into today's episode. Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Strategic Advisory. Glad to be back here. So as you're coming in, just give me a quick hello in the comments so I can see who is here live, who is joining us. Today's topic came from a member. And remember that 
all strategic advisory topics are either designed by Michalina and myself based on conversation or uh, challenges that we're seeing inside of the group or on calls or on office hours and members who submit, hey, I'd love for Hani to talk about this topic. So if you are navigating something right now in your center and you don't see any specific content or training on it in our UpCoach portal, please feel free to reach out to Michalina and let her know that you'd like um, some additional training on this topic. So today's conversation is about turning our worries, our stress, into a useful practice, into bringing more mindfulness into our mental well-being. So One of the things that happen is that as we become more aware of our negative thoughts and we can turn them into something positive or useful or practice that level of awareness just throughout each day, just checking in with our temperature. Because what happens is if we're constantly worrying about others, our staff in the workplace, um, we really deprive ourselves of moving the company forward. And we also rob our own staff and our leadership team of their own learning cycles, of their own ability to sit with their own anxiety and their own stress and learn how to practice more mindfulness. I always say the goal is not to have a stress-free life, right? Like stressors and stress are always going to exist as long as we're alive and we get to enjoy this one beautiful life that we have. Our challenge in today's world is understanding how to navigate those stressors and those things that come into our lives with more equanimity, with more regulation, with more peace, and with this real understanding of totality that we're really not in control. We are in control of our own thoughts. We get to decide what we think about. We get to be in control of our response. We're not in control of other people. We're not in control of the environment. We're not in control of the government. We're not in control of what happens next. And that's terrifying. And anytime we're operating from this place of fear, it's because we are seeking control. And when we are seeking control, we don't do beautiful things. We actually try to manipulate. We become codependent. Um, This really ugly side of ourselves comes out. And the more that we can learn how to recognize that it isn't about being in control, we can really learn to sit in the awe, um, in this reverence of this beautiful life that we have, the schools that we're building, the businesses that we have, how we've built it, how it continues to run, how we navigate it, but also how very little control we actually have and so many things that are happening. And it's it's that paradox that we live with consistently. We're just not in charge of other people. Everyone makes their own decisions and their own choices in life. And we wish we can manipulate certain decisions, but manipulation never creates genuine, authentic connection and relationship. It actually consistently severs the relationship. And so as we're looking to continue to build these beautiful connections and relationships with our team, we have to ask ourselves, where are we operating from? Where are we leading from? Is it from a place of fear? Is it from a place of scarcity? Is it from a place of the fear of missing out or the fear of losing control? Or can we operate from a different place? So I want to pause for a second, and I I want to invite you all to be introspective for a moment, whether you're live or watching the replay, and just post into the comments, where do you feel like you're operating from? Do you feel like sometimes you worry about losing control 
again, these are all normal feelings. I worry about losing control every day, (laughs) especially during bedtime. Do we worry about losing control? Do we worry about missing out or not having the opportunity or this lack of this, almost this mindset of like, each time we show up, it's like, this is the only chance I get. I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, of this female artist who was asked to create this mural for a, I don't remember the name of the museum, it's a really big museum in uh, San Francisco. And um, they asked her to create this mural and she was putting so much pressure on herself to design this perfect mural because she's like, this is my one and only chance to create this beautiful work of art and show the world that I'm this incredible artist. And she did so much internal work to remind herself that this is not my only chance, right? I'm going to create something beautiful and I'm going to put my best foot forward. But if I'm wrapped with this sense of control and needing to prove to the world that I'm this amazing artist, what if I operated from a place I'm going to create something beautiful and I'm going to have other chances in life to create beautiful things? And I thought that was such a powerful way to shift the energy that she was bringing into creating this painting. So definitely a control. I think operating out of that fear the most. Yeah. Yeah. So hard, Taylor. Catherine, same or I only have this one time to make it right. Yes. Right. It's that all or nothing. Like this is my only chance to make it up to this parent. This is my only chance to get back into the good graces of this particular staff member. And there's so much weight on each interaction, each conversation and each moment. And life doesn't work like that. Like we're never stuck. Life is always moving forward, right? There's like life is constantly in this motion. And so the same way that this opportunity came to you right now, there's going to be other chances. There's going to be other opportunities. And it's the perfectionist inside of us that feels like we always have to prove every single moment is my last moment. And there is a little bit of a paradox in that because I always talk about how you're only as good as the last speech that you did, right? Or we have to consistently show up for success to show up as our best selves because whatever happened yesterday, we can't constantly rely on that. We have to create new energy. We have to create new successes. And so Maria say, I worry the opposite way. If you screw up badly once, we may harm a child's future. Yes, right? Because there is weight in that. Maria, what you're saying is factually true. There are these moments that when we say certain things to a child, we could really harm their future. I'm not taking that away for one second. But what if we also lived with the mindset of there's opportunity for healing, there's opportunity for makeup, there's opportunity for a second chance. And that doesn't minimize the pain that happened earlier. It's not that when you come for the second chance, you completely eradicate the hurt. Absolutely not. But there's a chance to take the heart and come closer together. The internal pressure, it has to be now. It's not even now. It has to be yesterday, right? It had to be last week. And that anxiety continues to heighten inside of ourselves and pump cortisol into our system and really leaves us in this state of a lot of fatigue and exhaustion because it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So today I want to introduce just a couple of different avenues to help us 
regain our composure in these moments where we feel the all or nothing, in the moments where we feel like I have to make this interaction perfect. This is my best time to make my first impression. I have to do it this way. It has to be like this. I'll never get other chances. One of the first things I found interesting in, you know, as I continue to explore this work is when we have this response to something, this like negative reaction or this trigger, if you will, when we're reactive to something, when we when we get reactive in a situation or you see a staff member get reactive in a situation, a reaction is a memory that isn't a memory yet. I'll explain what I mean. When we react to something, right, we're responding to something that's happened in the past, right? This moment is triggering something that makes me feel like X, Y, and Z, right? And when we're reacting to it, we're reacting to a memory, right? It's something that happened, but it's not a memory yet, meaning we still feel it right here, right now. And we've all had moments like that where we feel this like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not safe. I'm not okay. I, I I feel afraid. I feel lost. I feel whatever it is, right? That is our bodies are in this room, but our, I'm sorry, our physical bodies are in this room, but our mental bodies are two decades earlier, right? That's where trauma comes in. And so we're reacting to something that is a memory, but it's not really a memory. It's not something that's really fully in the past yet because we're reliving it here. And so I see this happening a lot with our staff, with our leadership team, with our leaders, is we get these reactions to things, but we're not really reacting to what's happening here. We're reacting to stuff from our distant past, right? And this is where worry and anxiety and stress and overwhelm and all these things come in. And this fear of like losing control or not being in charge or not having this agency in our life. So how do we create this space to respond the way we want to respond to not have these anxious thoughts of losing control to not live in this all or nothing of this is the moment and I don't get other moments there's a couple of different strategies I'm going to share a few and I want you to write what resonates with you the first thing in which I talk about all the time is creating margin for slowing down Right. This is what we spoke about in April's priorities reset call. The first thing you're looking for is create the space to be able to slow down. You cannot have a schedule that is back to back to back to back to back to back. There has to be white space. There has to be space to slow down and to breathe. The second thing is resting, actually physically resting our bodies, whether that is improving your quality of sleep, whether that means taking one to two power naps throughout the day, whether that's meditation, it's resting your physical body. And I know that all the type A people that are watching this right now, and there's a lot of you, are like, but give me the strategy. Give me the tip. Tell me how to reorder. This, this is nothing of that. To create more mindfulness in your life, you're not biohacking your way to mindfulness. You actually have to change fundamentally how you are showing up in the world. And that is where you're creating margin. That is where you're creating more time to rest. Let's talk about the third thing. This is the hard, one of the hardest ones, I find. Creating more tolerance for life's simple pleasures. 
when we live in this state of hypervigilance, right, in the all or nothing and this and that, we have a hard time enjoying life's simple pleasures. This usually only happens when we go on vacation, right? And that's when we're like, oh, the sun on my body feels so good. Or the sound of the ocean waves. Or we taste that margarita and we're like, savor that that taste or whatever it is. Or the moment, I don't know, whatever it is, right? We're, when we're on vacation. When we create, when we invite more opportunities to enjoy life's simple pleasures, going for a walk with your dog, but actually enjoying it, right? Finding the pleasure inside of your body when you take your dog for a walk, when you play with your dog, when your child walks into the room and your face lights up because you're seeing your child's beautiful smile, seeing what that feels like inside of your body as life's simple pleasures. When we can create a greater capacity to have pleasure in our life, Right? This is why last month was all about the self-care and vitality challenge. Inviting pleasure, right? enjoying that piece of cake, enjoying the dinner that you cooked or the meal that you went out to in the restaurant. Your body starts to learn that connection and relationships and conversation can also be pleasurable. It's not just about decision-making and productivity and efficiency and ROI and making money. No, relationships are also about the simple pleasure of enjoying a cup of coffee with a good friend. So life's simple pleasures. The other thing you want to build more tolerance for is the tolerance for discomfort. When we get uncomfortable, we all have our vices that we go to, whether we dig more into work or whether there's alcohol or smoking or binge watching or shopping or watching Netflix. We all have these vices that we turn to for discomfort. And when we can learn to expand the capacity for discomfort, where it's like, oh, that was uncomfortable. I did not like that conversation. But you don't look to numb the pain right away or distract yourself from it. But you learn to sit with it for a couple of minutes. As you expand your capacity you actually learn how to sit better in a state of equanimity. So let me pause for a second. I want to review some of the stuff that I shared here. And as I review, I'd like you to please all come into the comments and share what is resonating with you right now. What are some of the insights that you're taking from today's strategic advisory? So I spoke about how we want to create space for slowing down, creating margin in our calendars. The second thing that we want to do is understanding how we need to rest our bodies, whether that's sleeping more at night or resting during the day. And the other thing we want to do is we want to create more tolerance for simple life pleasures and more tolerance for discomfort. So let me know in the comments now, what what are you hearing? What's coming up for you? Maybe even just take your own temperature check of your body. What do you want to create more tolerance for? What do you want? Like, do you need to create more rest? Do you need to create more space in your calendar? What's coming up for you? Okay, let me read some of the comments here. Catherine, it's a lot. I literally spent the weekend crying that I'm failing. I'm in survival and I feel like I can never catch a break. Yeah, Catherine, you're not in an illusion. It actually is like that, right? Because we'll never catch up because there's always work to do. 
we make the intentional choice to stop and say, this is where I stop, right? This is my capacity for today. I'm not so concerned about losing control, more so concerned that my team will not feel that I'm present as I once was. I have concern for loss of gain momentum to overcome our barriers, to prove our credibility and strengthen our culture. Again, that is you're afraid you're going to lose something. So you're not afraid of losing control. You're afraid you're going to lose the culture that you've built, the credibility that you've built, the reputation that you've built, right? When we operate from a place of fear, it comes from you're afraid that you're going to lose something. The most common one is control. But here you're sharing other things that you're afraid of losing, right? Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate today's conversation and just the honesty and vulnerability in the comments. I can totally relate. I don't feel like I can get caught up and fully integrated into the group yet. And that causes a lot of internal stress and pressure. Deanna, you're not supposed to get caught up. You are exactly where you need to be. And I want to make this announcement for everyone in the group. Every single person is in a different place because every single one of you have a different season of life that you're currently navigating. Deanna, you don't have young babies at home. Catherine does. She's in a completely different season of life. And yet you relate that you both feel like you can't catch up, but you both can't catch up for different reasons. So it's not about solving the reasons that are going on in your life. It's about recognizing that you're exactly where you need to be. You never need to catch up. You need to continue showing up. There's a very big difference. You don't need to catch up. You need to continue showing up. Let me know if that feels right for you. Mandy, I can relate to needing to build more tolerance. More tolerance for what? More tolerance for life's simple pleasures, more tolerance for discomfort. We'd love to hear a little bit more specific. All this resonates. I need to be more tolerable of being uncomfortable and healthier ways to deal with discomfort. Yeah, yeah. And let me know in the comments where you would like a follow-up of today's conversation. Do you want, where do you want more insight? Where do you want more ideas in this topic of just building our capacity for more mental well-being? Create more space overall today is more tolerance. So let's get specific. Do we want tolerance for discomfort, more tolerance for life's simple pleasures? I'll be really candid with you all. I have a very hard time sitting in nature. Um, my husband will take the kids out for nature walks or he'll do scavenger hunts with them. And I rarely go on those walks because what I do when I go on those nature walks is I'm actually distracting myself the whole time. I'm like, who needs the bathroom? Who needs a drink of water? Who needs more sunscreen? Who needs sunglasses? Like who needs a snack? Like I'm constantly trying to work the situation as opposed to being present in nature. Like my husband's like, look at that gorgeous flower. Look at the, you know, the ripple of the water. And he genuinely means it. He's like, look how gorgeous it is. Right. And all my kids are like looking at it. Right. And I'm like, who needs the toilet? Right. Like, so I need to learn how to enjoy life's simple pleasures to be at. This is why I'm obsessed with being outside in nature because I'm learning to train my body to actually enjoy nature and sit in the beauty of the world that God created and actually enjoy it because I have a hard time enjoying those little simple life pleasures. It's a process. I've definitely expanded my capacity tremendously, but it is a journey. It's definitely a journey. 
Let's see what else we have here. Rest and sleeping well is so important. I'm struggling with sleep and it affects everything. Yeah, Leslie, sleep is huge. Um, it's actually Todd Herman who works with pro and Olympic athletes. One of the first things he works on with athletes when he starts coaching them is their sleep. And the first thing he works on is every athlete needs to be having at least eight hours of sleep or he won't coach them. He's like, there's nothing that I could teach you if you're not sleeping properly. And so he actually works a ton on sleep and nutrition before he gets into any of the mental game stuff tolerance for pretty much everything, staff, family, life. When we have a very low tolerance level, it's usually because we're overcommitted. We're overcommitted. We are giving, giving, giving constantly, and we're not taking care of ourselves. And so our tolerance level for any type of stupidity or discomfort or issues that we deem as like insignificant, we have zero tolerance for it. And so building our tolerance level is actually learning how to take care of ourselves a little bit better um, and build better boundaries. I want more space in my calendar. I need permission to schedule meetings on my time. Oh, Maria, yes. Okay, so Michalina, um, I know you're watching this. Let's make sure Maria really digs into the time management part of the foundations and the school leader scorecard um, so she can start learning how to create her calendar as an owner on her terms, you're in charge of the calendar. You call the shots. You make the decisions in your calendar. Mine is tolerance to rest. I always feel bad if I'm not being productive. So Heidi, I've said this before in strategic advisory. I have this love-hate relationship with my couch. Um, I have a very difficult time laying on the couch for more than 10 minutes. I've expanded my capacity. I'm about now I'm about 30 minutes where I could sit in the couch and not feel anxious, but you actually need to develop a different relationship with rest. Um, a lot of this has to do with upbringing. Um, I grew up in, you know, a lot of productivity in my household. And whenever you were sitting still, it was like, why aren't you doing something? And so when I sit, the first question that comes into my head is, what do I need to be doing? And, and, and this still happens. I sit on the couch. The first question I ask is, am I missing something? Was there something I'm supposed to be doing now? I sit at the kitchen table. I sit at the dining room table. I sit outside. I sit in the hammock. It doesn't matter where I'm sitting. The moment I'm sitting, the first internal thought that goes into my head is, what am I not doing? Right. And I have to train my mind to put in different thoughts of there's nothing I'm supposed to be doing. What I'm supposed to be doing right now is sitting. I'm supposed to be resting. That is what I need to do right now. So um, building your tolerance to actually sit on the couch, it's a practice, but you will get there. Okay, this is great. This is such a great conversation. I want to have space in my calendar to have my challenging director solve his problems. Yeah, so you want time for difficult conversations. Make time for it. Put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar. Okay, someone else. Something I've been working on is tolerating other people's discomfort. Oh, yes. This is a whole another conversation, right? How do I tolerate other people's big emotions, other people's discomfort without trying to fix it? I've also been trying to listen to my body and rest when it tells me that it needs rest. Yes. Your body talks to you. Your body talks to you. I had a very interesting conversation. Um, so I work with an incredible psychologist. And one of the things that we were talking about once was we stop listening to our bodies, right? It happens at a certain point in our life where we, she called it, we consent to distortion. I write this down. It's called consenting to distortion. We are 
our bodies are telling us one thing, like, I need to rest. This doesn't feel comfortable. This isn't right. Um, I'm not okay with this. I didn't like what just happened, right? But then the authority and the environment around us tells us, no, 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 it's okay. This is actually what needs to happen. And so what happens is we have a lifetime of consenting to distortion. Our body's telling us one thing, but we consent to the distortion, to the distorted reality where environment and authority say, no, 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 this is actually the right thing for you. And so what happens is, as you go into adulthood, you need to learn how to stop consenting to distortion. You have to learn that your body actually is correct. And what you're seeing outside of you is not. It's a distorted reality. Your body knows it's rest time. Your body knows it's sitting down time. Your body knows it's eating time. It's drinking time. It's refueling time. But we consent to all the distortion from a lifetime of messages from teachers, from parents, from environment, from society. It doesn't matter. So I don't know who this is personally, but let me know in the comments if that resonates with you. It's, it's a really deep concept in healing, but it's powerful when you start to understand that your body knows and that what you're thinking it knows is the distorted reality. Let's see what else we have here. Um, make an intentional choice to have self-awareness, self-care, boundaries. Don't put so much pressure to be. Yeah, this is, again, like the issue with womanhood, um, you know, we think we have to be everything for everyone all the time. And our job is the caretaker. Our job is the human giver. The Nagoski sisters have a book called Burnout, where they define human giver syndrome, right? Where we think we always have to be the person who is giving. Um, and we can never be the person who's taking or who is being taken care of, uh, which leads to a lot of resentment and underappreciation and feeling being used. I would like to follow up on sitting in discomfort, questions to ask myself or journal when I'm trying to sit in discomfort. Nicolina, can we please hold that as a follow-up strategic advisory? Reflections on sitting in discomfort. It's a great topic, Maria. Thank you. All this resonates with me. I always think I have to do and accomplish. Yes. I'm working on enjoying simple pleasures in life. I need to work on the white space in my calendar. Let me tell you, like enjoying the simple pleasures in life it's really difficult because you feel silly while you're doing it, right? There's, I remember yesterday, my husband was cracking a joke and my son Yassi was giggling in the cutest way. Like his whole body was like laughing and his eyes were lit up. And, and I remember taking in this moment of like, what does it feel like inside of my body when someone that I love is laughing and experiencing joy? And when you take a moment to like internalize the pleasure of seeing someone that you love laugh, and especially your child, that's how you start sending these beautiful messages inside of your body to enjoy life's simple pleasures. And for those of you that have little kids, understand the joy that comes from watching your little kid laugh. I think my tolerance levels have been far too lax on myself and others, okay? Again, all this self-awareness. I'm the same way. I always feel like I should be doing something. Oh my gosh, yeah. This is, <laughs> we can have, we, we, we didn't have a girl chat, Catherine. We need a girl chat. Let's see what else we have here. A couple more questions. Oops, how do I, there we go. Okay. Uh, follow up on sitting in other people's discomfort. I just had a teacher come into my office and ask me if I thought the kids needed coats for outside time. Well, you go outside and make a decision. Do you think we need coats, right? Great, great point over there. Okay, so we are at the top of the hour here. I know this was a little bit of a longer strategic advisory. 
But as we can all see, this is such an important topic of conversation. So perhaps, Michalina, we could create even a little series on this where maybe the next couple of weeks we dedicate strategic advisories to practicing this together. Just give me a yes in the comments if you would appreciate that. Thank you for joining. Thank you for participating in today's conversation. I'm really enjoying the journey that we're on together and that we're doing as a group uh, collectively, and then also everyone's kind of internal journey um, and what they're experiencing on their own. So wishing you all an amazing Monday and an amazing rest of the week, and we'll talk soon. All right, take care, everyone. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.